0: Turn to Psalms 51. If you have any questions, could I have everybody's attention? And again, please don't boo me out. If you've got any questions, don't go home and call ten people Walk up here, preacher, why do we do this? Ask me, and I promise you I will answer you. Answer the, ask me, and I, I can help you. Amen. Any questions? I'm a firm believer if anybody's got questions, all they got to do is ask. and uh, but Lord, I mercy, we'll get some we'll get to asking 25 people that don't know the answer to get to the one that does. Amen. All right, Psalms 51, that's to standard feet. Lord's will, in September the 11th, we'll begin revival meetings. But honestly, I'm asking God to do so much more for us than that. The revival meeting will run from September the 11th, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. But all, where does revival start? It's interesting. I want you to look for one word that's mentioned in the text. Psalms 51. Have mercy upon me, O oh God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, brought out my transgressions. Watch, me... didn't know if you saw that word. I want to make sure you saw it. Thoroughly from mine iniquities and cleanse me from my sins. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sins is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightst be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my Father conceive Me. Behold, thou desirest truth in inward parts. And in inward parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins. Bought out all mine iniquities. Here's your text verse. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within. What's the last word? Me. What's the key word here? Me. Now I'm going to preach on the me revival. The me revival. Let's go the throne of grace. Do remember Brother Scott. This week as he goes in for some procedures and perhaps surgery and I ask God to bless him. Brother, you listen to a throne of grace. Good to see you here tonight. amen. There seems to be many ideals about what revival truly is. There are some things I know for certain about revival, however. Number one, I understand it is impossible to renew or to revive that which is dead. Ephesians 2, 4, the Bible says, but God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, for even when we were dead in trespasses and in sin, and even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace. You are saved. Understand this: if you're lost, there can be no revival. You don't need revival. You need to be quickened. You need to be made alive. Because God cannot revive that which is dead. You need a quickening. You need a move of God towards you. Understand this. Genuine revival is, and this is a definition of one uh book I read, it means to return, to recall, to recovery to life. It means to uh, renew, to, uh to become... Spiritually awakened, if you will. But if there was one word that I believe describes revival more than anything, just one word, it would simply be renew. Renew. Renew a love for the Savior. Renew a love for sinners on the road to a devil's hell. Renew a love for each other. Renew a love for the things of God, the house of God, the word of God. Renew. Renew. And so, no wonder understood that more than the psalmist as he wrote Psalms 51. Number three, we can't get it for someone else, nor can we give it to someone else. Revival is like salvation. It's personal for every one of us. Perhaps you would say, I don't want revival. But that doesn't have to stop those who do want revival. In this Psalms, the answer is being renewed or revived, if you will. And the key word was me. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Now, if you've been saved any time at all, if you've been saved any length of time, I don't don't buy the idea that, well, I've been saved many years, but I don't don't know where I need to be renewed. You, You know where you're at. If you've been saved any length of time, and many days at all, you know if sitting even here tonight, you know where where I'm right with God or if I'm not right with God. You know if there was a day you were closer to God than you are now. You know if there, there was a day when God's, you heard that still small voice in the midnight hour, but it's been a long, long time since He's spoken anything to you. Truth of the matter was, you're here tonight, but in your heart, in your heart, there's a distance between you and the Lord. Understand this. The Lord's not moved. So who has? The Lord's not moved. 26-year-old college student named Evan Roberts. He got a burden for Wales in the revival of 1904 and 1905. It didn't start with a seasoned Christian. It started with one young man who got a burning desire to see God work in his life. Evan Roberts wasn't a preacher, just a student with a desire and a burning desire for God. Later on, it wasn't preachers that got involved with him. It was three or four senior ladies that caught his burden and got involved. And the revival of nineteen o four and nineteen o five broke out. I believe in my life if i've ever had any regrets in my life at all, it was I never had a passion for God till I was thirty one years of age. I can't change that, but we have a whole lot of young people i didn't know I was in a church that says he was dead and he was it just dead. <laughs> And, uh, uh, and I didn't know. But we got young people here that do know. And you have an opportunity to do something for, great for the glory of God. As revival in Wells grew, Evan Roberts did finally preach. But he preached just one message. And his message had four points. It's the only message he ever preached, just four points. Number one, is there any sin in your life? Get it right now. Boy, that's a good place to start. Amen? Hey, start right Rock this church. It would be absolutely amazing. It would be earth-changing. Everybody look at me for just a while. Let's not be playing with the kids. Look at me. It would be earth changing if every one of us guy ain't seeing your life. Get it right now. Literally, this group turned the world upside down for the glory of God. Is there anything in your life that is doubtful? That which you can't decide is good or bad? Then get rid of it. Now. Third point. Do whatever. Boy, this is a big one. Do whatever the Holy Spirit prompts you to do. Now. Last point. If you haven't already done so publicly, profess Jesus Christ as your Savior now. F.B. Meyer said the supreme test of revival is lives changed. A hundred thousand people trusted Jesus as their Savior because of the Wells Revival. R.B. Jones, a preacher, gave this testimony It mattered not where you went. Schools, restaurants, saloons filed for bankruptcy because they had no customers. The ladies of the brothel house had to get an honest job. Movie houses went broke. The saloons were turned into prayer chapels. And the reality was even the schools were affected. On one occasion, a fourth grade, a fourth grade student looked at her teacher and asked her, Do you love Jesus? Right before the class, the teacher trusted Jesus as her savior and that teacher went on to be a missionary. Fourth grader, Do you love Jesus? The national sport was soccer, much like our football, if you will, today. They built great stadiums that would fill thousands. But when the time for the championship game, much like our Super Bowl, if you will, in 1904, 400 people showed up. 400 showed up, and the league was dismantled. It started... Psalms 51, and one young man that decided, I'm going to have a me revival. I'm going to have a me revival. The psalmist in the passage that we read, you know the story, and I love this. This is the psalmist telling us about his sin. This is a psalmist. See, we need to understand something. This is a psalmist telling us about his sin. As a matter of fact, just to be honest with you, one of the things today, we don't own our actions, we don't own our sin. I I, I dare say just here tonight, we got folks, they never do nothing wrong. It's always somebody else's fault. I never do anything wrong. Never. Just ask me. I tell you, I never do anything wrong. It's always somebody else's fault. But in Psalm 51, the psalmist is one telling us his condition. He had committed adultery by Sheba. Whenever it was about to be found out, you know the story. One day he walked out on a terrace, saw a beautiful woman next door bathing herself. Women took, a, took the bath on top of the roof. That was the custom of the day. His passions arose and he sent messengers for her. And he laid with her in an adulterous affair. And she was a married woman. And literally, uh, the man was one of his best men in his army. Later on, she come up pregnant. So he calls this man home and gets him drunk. And goes through a great process of trying to cover up his sin. Boy, did he try to cover it up. He tried to get uh, him drunk. But it's amazing, Uriah had more character than David did. Uriah went home and he let, laid down on the front porch... And he said this. He said, "How can I go in and and enjoy my wife while my soldiers is on the field fighting the battle?" He said, "I'm not going in there, so I'll just lay down here." Later on, he tried to he tried everything, and finally, David himself—could you imagine the sonness of man after God's own heart—wrote a letter saying, "Put Uriah in the center of the battle. Then, when you get him up on the enemies." fine, leave him alone and he'll be killed. And sure enough, he was. Premeditated, capital one, murder. But you know how good much God loved him? God sent an old preacher one day. And the preacher said, David, the guy, dilemma, said a man had some, had a had a traveler to come through. And his neighbor had... One lamb. And he loved that lamb. And he took that man's lamb to give to the traveler. Boy, David got red face. and said, That man should surely die. And he should restore it fourfold. The bony hand of that Baptist preacher looked at him and said, Thou art the man. And, by, and to be honest with him, praise God... If men are not going to preach the truth, they'll just sit down and shut up. God help us. He said, Thou art the man. And he bowed and broke and said, Oh God, forgive me. Forgive me. And God did forgive him. But man, the sword never left his house. Be sure. And he wrote this psalm during that time of repentance. He's saying, God, God, I want revival. i got to have revival. And it's not my brother, it's not my sister, it's not the person across the aisle, it's not somebody else. Lord, it's me, oh Lord, standing in need of revival. Leonard Ravenhill said, if you want revival, He said, draw your big circle on the ground. Get inside the circle and ask God to send revival inside the circle. You are revival. Tonight as we look at this thing and we're thinking about our meetings, create in me a clean heart, oh God. How many of you, now listen to the question. How many of you know what's tonight or another time in your life when you can lift your head and say, the best of my ability, I know I'm right with God. I know that. Boy, between me and God, there's nothing, there, there's nothing, there's nothing between me and the Lord. Either tonight or some other time in your life, you can say, I repeat, I remember a time like that. Raise your hand real good and high. You raise your hand. Okay. You let them down. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. You know what kind of place that is. Now, I'm not going to ask you this, because I don't have to. If you're not there tonight, you're miserable. How do you know that, preacher? Because I've been there and been miserable. You're miserable. You can't get along with yourself. Can't get along with the young. You kick the dog. Well, that might be good. That might be an exception to that. Amen. Some of you new people know, I'm terrified of a dog. I ain't scared of no man. But I am terrified of a dog. I just, I'm just terrified of them. And, uh, and you're miserable. You can't, you can't get along with your companion. And you wake up every morning and say, Why am Why am I happy? But it starts right here. It starts right here. Well, if my heart... no, 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 no. In my heart, no, no. If I just this no, 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 no. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. First of all, it starts with a clean, with, there is a cleansing that we need to heed two bachelors were talking about a cookbook and they said I, we could never do anything with it the other said sure it had too much, too many fancy words in it it started out with every recipe it began the same way take a clean dish some of you will get going home the will hit you God says take a clean life and we'll go wait a minute there's a problem all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, we've all sinned and we need forgiveness. But the truth of the matter is, forgiveness is pictured in many different ways. Sometimes forgiveness is a new birth, salvation. Amen. Sometimes forgiveness is crossing out of debt. Sometimes forgiveness is breaking off a heavy chain. But the most common picture throughout the whole Bible of forgiveness is creating me a clean heart, O God. Psalm 7, 51, 2, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. You understand sin is dirty and it stains a life. It'll stain any life that's here. You're no exception. Isaiah 64 6, We are all as unclean things and all of our righteousnesses are filthy rags. And we all come, they as leaves and our iniquities like the winds have taken us away. Ezekiel 36, 25. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols I will cleanse you. First John 1, 7. But we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with, fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. Starts with you saying, Lord, there is a cleansing and I need a cleansing. You out you work all day and you get muddy and dirty and filthy. And who couldn't you would imagine doing this? Come down and say, Well, it's bedtime, jump into bed with all that filth on. But the truth in, we walk day after day after day after day and never asking God, creating me a clean heart. Oh God, I want my heart to be clean with You. That's the second thing. Cleansing begins in the heart. The Welsh Revival became national news. And a reporter came to Wales and found a policeman and said... Where is the West revival? <laughs> and uh, the policeman unbuttoned his coat and unbuttoned his shirt. He said, son, it's right here is where it's at. And tonight revival is a, is, is here. And God wants to give it. It's, it's for all of us. But we've got to start by saying, me, oh Lord, not my circumstances, not the situation. It's me, oh Lord, that needs to be cleansed. In that heart, God sees that bitterness, that anger. You know, it comes out at your house. It comes out on that job. It comes out when you're not sitting in a church setting like this. Hey, it comes out to that wife that you live with, that husband you live with, that anger. It comes out. It comes out all the time. It pops out on you all the time. But the truth is, it's here all the time. And we know it. Creating me a clean heart. Oh my goodness. Now I realize the Bible says this. Now listen, I realize this. The Bible says, Jeremiah, heart's desperately wicked. Who can know it? And I don't know. We can truly know our heart. Truly know our heart. We look at a man like David. Psalm this day, a man after God's own heart, giant killer, sings. He's dancing on the hillside, telling God how great he is. He's he's, saying, he's making statements like. Uh uh when I look in the heavens, he said, I wonder why why God are you ain't even mindful of us? He's talking like that, but but yet in his heart he would literally commit adultery and murder. And then try to hide it. So I don't know if we can know our hearts, but I know this. We can ask God to cleanse our heart. That's a good place to start. You know, I wonder, why, why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? You, you know, that, that might be, we would have to go to, to somebody. It, it might be, phew, but wouldn't this be a killer? It, it might be a wife would have to go to a husband and say, uh, I'm uh, 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 sorry. I know it'll kill you. It might be you'd have to go and say, you know, I, I, my heart ain't being where I want to be. Boy, if you think it's hard for women, my gosh, take the men. Amen. Say Amen. How hard it is for us. He man to say, I'm sorry. And you think it's hard for us? What about young people that never do anything wrong? Yours easily? Never! I read the other day, Mother told her son, don't you get them cookies. She leaves the room and comes back in. He's on the stove, got his hand in the cookie jar. She said, are well, you're doing it, he said, I'm getting you a cookie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or oh, never. What about you saying, my heart? What would it be tonight, tonight, so right by this church, if we would say, you know, I lied. No, I didn't tell a I, I It was a little white lie. I'm going to ask you a question. What's the difference between a little white lie and a big black lie? It's a lie. Yeah. My dad used to call it bareface lying. How I many our dad? Now, what's the difference between barefaced lying and just regular lying? It sounds a lot worse. Like you mean being mean to a striped snake. What's, what's striped snake got to do with being mean? But anyway, he just I've lied. I've lied. Well, what would it be if some young people would, would get serious enough to say, I got a stinking attitude? What would it be if we led the way and said, I got a stinking attitude, God, and I want you to create in me a clean heart? What would it be if we led the way and said, Oh God, my my old filthy mouth? My No it didn't slip. Every word you say comes out of your what? heart. heart. He didn't sleep, it's always been there. David did not say, change my behavior. He says, change my heart. This night he talked honestly about his sin. He said, Wash me. He said, The sin stained my soul. He said, Saddened his heart, broken heart. Soured his spirit, renew a right spirit within me. How many Christians do you know that don't have a good spirit? Just don't have a good spirit. Well, I've known some, wasn't sure they were saved. (laughs) Because of the spirit, bad spirit, soured spirit. Stole restored me the joy, restored his joy. Matthew five twenty-seven says, Ye have heard it was said that by them of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. Now here's God's standard. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her committeth adultery already in his heart. Wow. Wow. There's a cleansing we need. Read. A cleansing begins in the heart, and the cleansing takes a creative hand. I love, I love the psalmist. Here's what the psalmist said The psalmist said, God, I've looked. And my heart, I tried, I tried to peek in to my heart. Here's what he said. There ain't a thing you can work with there. He said, there ain't, there ain't nothing that you can work with there. He said, God, <laughs> he said, there ain't a thing in my life that you work with. He said, i tell you what, God, you're going to have to do. He said, I'm use creation language. To create is to make something out of nothing. Did you get that? He said, God, I ain't got nothing to offer you. He said, my life's a mess. He said, you ought to keep... He said, Here's what he's just saying. He said, God... I don't have anything you can work with. He said, you're going to have to go all the way back to creation and create me a clean heart. Because he said, I've looked at the four corners of my heart, and I'm just going to tell you, there ain't nothing good about it. There ain't nothing good about it. And I hate to inform you here today, and I don't, to, I don't want to bring you down. I really want to encourage you. I'm going to, I'm going to show you how to have revival. I don't want to encourage you, discourage you at all. But I'm going to tell you something. There's none good, no, not one. And the truth of the matter is, the only thing good about me is Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for Him, I'd be a, I'd be a murderer. I'd, be, I'd do everything anybody else would do. Oh, you may be morally good, but spiritually the for, for, only good thing about me is Jesus. And he said, Jesus, would you start and create, make something out of nothing that's there and create in me a clean heart. He took me all the way back to creation. My. If you want to have a revival, that's a good place to start. Group of scientists got together one day and decided that man had come a long way and no longer need God. So they picked up one of the scientists and said, You go tell God that we're done with him. Scientists walked up to God and said, God, we've decided we no longer need you. We're at the point we can clone people. We can do many miraculous things. So why don't you go on about your business? We don't need you. God listened very patiently and said, Well, man, I'd like to challenge you to a contest. You make a man, and I'll make a man. Let's, let's get in a man making contest. Scientists said, okay. God said, well, let's do it just like we did in Adam's day. Scientist says, sure, no problem. And he reaches down and grabs a hand of dirt. and God says, no, 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 get your own dirt. No, no, get your own dirt. Truth of the matter is, we need revival. And tonight... Revival's yours for the heaven. Create in me. Could you do something for me right now? Be a little bit hard, but could you do something? Could you make an imaginary circle just around where you sit? Just like, just a little circle, right? Don't you get, no not on my pews now. Just make your imaginary circle where, you, where you're at. And tonight, would you be willing to say, God, create in me a clean heart? Create in me a clean heart. Oh, God. Proverbs 29 said, Who can say, I have made my heart clean, I am pure for sin. That cleansing takes preparation. It takes contrition. Contrition means to be aware of my spiritual condition. As long as you're pretending, playing the game. Oh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm all right. Everybody fusses at me, I'm all right. it's not me, it's not me, it's not me. As long as you stay there. And guess what God would let you do? God would let you come tonight and leave in the same miserable place you're at. You're looking for somebody, looking around you, looking everywhere, and you're blaming everybody, and you're thinking, it's everybody, no, no, no. It starts with you. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, thou wilt not despise. Then it takes confession. I acknowledge my transgressions. And my sin is ever before me. Now listen, I love this. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Thou might be justified when thou speakest and clear when thou judgest. Psalmist said, I, It starts with you, God. Tonight, Revival. I titled this message, The Me Revival. Will that me be you tonight? So I'll stand to her feet, every head bowed, never eye closed.